Welcome to The Art of Social Media, a podcast by Social Pilot. We host in-depth discussions with world-leading social media marketing experts that will help you discover the techniques, strategies, and skills you need to use to grow your business using social media. Now, here's your host, Tejas Mehta. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Art of Social Media. Today we have with us Mark Schaefer. Mark is a globally recognized author, speaker, podcaster, and business consultant. He's a prolific writer and speaker whose work sits at the intersection of marketing, technology, and humanity. Mark has authored nine best-selling books, including the first book on influencer marketing called Return on Influence, the chart-topping Marketing Rebellion, and the critically acclaimed Cumulative Advantage. Mark's books are used as textbooks in more than 70 universities, which is super impressive. Mark, you also host your own podcast called The Marketing Companion, and you worked with successful startups as well as global brands like Adidas, uh, Johnson & Johnson, Dell, the US Air Force, UK government, among the many that you worked with. You have also appeared on CNN, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and CBS News. I have personally heard you at the Social Media Marketing World Conference, and that was a pleasure as well. So Mark, thanks for being here. Wonderful having you here. Um, Looking forward to our discussion. Happy to be here. Mark, you have a very interesting point in your uh, biography. I read that you have you also hold seven patents, and then you are a faculty member at, at Rutgers University. Tell us a brief history of your, of your journey. How did you get here? How did you get into marketing? Well, I was a journalism major in college, and then in my junior year, I took an intro to marketing class and opened up the textbook by Dr. Philip Kotler. And it said, marketing is a combination of sociology, anthropology, and psychology. And I thought, I love that. That is the coolest job ever. It's all about human nature and human behavior. And so that's what I wanted to do. And um, I started in corporate communications, but eventually worked my way into marketing. I worked in several global marketing positions and uh, at one point had a research and development department reporting to me. That's how I got the patents. <laughs> and so then, oh gosh, I think it's been maybe 14 years ago now, I was at just a good place in my life where I wanted to try something different. I was sort of stuck in a job for a while and I thought I would go out on my own. I had my kids' college paid for, so okay, now's the time to try something new. And um, started consulting, started teaching, and it just sort of like zoomed, started to zoom. I think the real breakthrough for me, Tejas, was starting a blog. You know, I did it as an experiment, and but it, it sort of caught on because I had a unique point of view. I mean, I'm not really trying to sell anything. I'm just trying to tell the truth and have courage about my observations and people seem to appreciate that. And the blog led to books. You mentioned I've written nine and the books led to speaking engagements and the speaking engagements help enable consulting. So it all sorts of all kind of ties together. Very interesting. One of the points you mentioned, Mark, was uh, your interest in sociology, psychology and basic nature of human, right? Interestingly, interestingly, one of your books, right? Marketing Rebellion, it talks about the most human company wins, right? What does that mean? Uh, can you expand on that, please? Well, I think 
maybe it stems from my point of view that I, I have a master's degree in in applied behavioral sciences. So I always look at things from sort of a psychological perspective. And that's what I'm so interested in is, is the intersection between you know, business and technology and humanity. The subtitle for the Marketing Rebellion book is, is The Most Human Company Wins. And where that comes from is, you know, I was out, this is before the pandemic, I was out speaking around the world and everywhere I went, people were telling me that their marketing just didn't seem to be working like it used to. They felt overwhelmed. They felt confused. So I thought there's something there. Maybe it's that technology is moving too fast and they can't keep up and they feel left behind. And that's part of it. But when I started doing research, I discovered that the customers have left us behind, that marketers have been sort of in a trench doing the same thing year after year after year. Let's do, let's do a little bit better on our Facebook ads and let's do a little bit better on our SEO. And yet the consumers now have the accumulated knowledge of the human race in the palm of their hands. They expect something different from marketing. And if you're just doing this incremental you know, improvement every year, you're not in tune with where customers are today. And we're in a world where we don't see ads like we used to. We don't believe ads. This great marketing machine that we've created to make these beautiful things to help us think of Coca-Cola like polar bears is, is crashing. And what people do believe today, we believe each other. We believe people. That's why TikTok is so popular. That's why YouTube and Instagram are so popular because it's real people talking to each other. And that's what's selling stuff these days. And so that's really where this comes from is that businesses used to be built on advertising impressions and today they're being built on human impressions. You know, show our, show yourself, show your face, show your heart show your smile, show your your passion for what you do. That's what people believe, not an ad. Interesting. This also ties back to your book on influence, which was probably the first book on influencer marketing called Return on Influence. Is that so? the human side of marketing? Is that what influence is all about? Is UGC the new influence mechanism? I think so. I mean, the Return on Influence book I mean, it's a, it's a bit dated now because it was written 10 years ago, but actually I wrote it in 2011. It was published in 2012. So that was sort of a clarion call. It was a, this was, you have to remember, nobody was talking about influence marketing in 2012. They weren't even using that word. And what this book was about is this foundational shift in the world where Anybody with a keyboard and a Wi-Fi connection can create content. They can have a voice. They can have their own influence in the world. And I saw this train coming, that power was shifting from these big media companies to us. That's what we're going to see. That's what we're going to believe. And so 
I think in many ways, well, if you if you actually like read all my books in order, it's like an unveiling of my thought process. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it starts with this idea that we have the power, you know, and then I wrote books on Twitter and blogging and social media, like how do you get this power? And then we had too much, we had too much power. There was too much content. So I wrote, you know, the content code about how do we get through this battle through this noise. And then I wrote a book about personal branding called Known. It's that's like, okay, how do you activate this as a as a person? How do you activate your influence and become seen and heard in the world? And then so so my my books are sort of like the curtains opening on my mind over time. <laughs> Very interesting. Now let me throw a hard one here out, right? You predicted the trends on influencer marketing, and then you talked about the human angle in 2019. What are the emerging marketing trends, specifically in social media, for the next three to five years? Uh, well, sorry, I just wrote a blog post about that, and I said there's just too much going on to predict too far out in the future. But but I could probably look about two years out. You know, I think there there's a couple things that I'm looking at and, and watching very carefully, and I think there's been a tremendous outfall from the pandemic in many ways. There's an outfall in in how we consume content and media, when we consume it, where we consume it, how much we consume. We developed new habits in the pandemic that will never go away, renegotiated uh, how we work, when we work, where we work. For a lot of people, even if we work, how we learn, how we teach. I mean, every single aspect of business is being rethought, reimagined. Even, you know, consumer life, the numbers are are staggering how many consumer behaviors have changed. So number one, this is a time for marketers to be humble. I won't consider any research performed before March of 2020. It's irrelevant. March of 2020 was not a blip on the screen. It was a reset. And we need to think about a whole new world, literally, when it comes to business starting in March of 2020. We need to reconsider why our customers love us. The reason could be different now than it was in 2019. Their needs have changed. Their expectations have changed. Their view of the world has changed. One of those views is this profound issue with mental health and well-being. We see it everywhere, every day in the news. There was recently a story about an NBA player who has built in mental health days into his contract with his NBA team, right? We saw Simone Biles drop out of the Olympics saying, mentally, I just wasn't ready. And we saw during the March Madness basketball games, Powerade had a whole set of commercials based on pause, right? So people are have this accumulated stress from the pandemic, and that's going to show up in a lot of ways in business and marketing. People are irritable. People have more people have chronic sleep problems today than any other time in the history of the country. Uh, that leads to long-term health problems. That leads to irritability. And we have an entire generation of young people who spend all their time 
online. And the, the myth of this is that when you're online, well, you're connected. You're just, you know, a click away from a friend. And this is absolutely not true. The research shows that the more time people spend online, the more depressed, isolated, and lonely they feel. And it that's part of this wellness health crisis in America right now. Now, you have to you know, put all this stuff together and think about everything we thought about business and marketing is being overturned. We can't roll old tapes about where the world is or what the world expects because it's, it's so new. And I think this idea, especially of this hunger to be connected and to belong is really something profound in, in business. If we can create real community in our business and through our marketing, in essence, that really will become our marketing. So key takeaways, uh, marketers need to be humble. They need to rethink how, why customers love, love them. Mm-hmm. And then maybe create a sense of belonging through community. Can, can those, are those the three big takeaways for the reset? Yeah, I think so. And just really being, just looking at everything with fresh eyes. It's a time to get out and talk to people and see where they are. You know, I saw something the other day where um, 18% of consumers will switch brands if they're safer and cleaner than the competition. I mean, so what does that mean to a bank? What if you're the safest and cleanest bank, right? So, I mean, that was, a, that was not a thing in 2019, but it is now. And there's millions of little changes like that that are forging something new in our customers. That's an interesting observation, and I'm, I'm pretty sure. So from a observation to actual practical implementation, how does it change the way, for example, somebody markets on social media? Considering the new reality, how would the approach change? Specifically in, on social media, you know, I think, let's be honest. I mean, for a lot of our marketing, nobody really, nobody really cares about it, sees it or believes it. And so I think this idea of, of really having a marketing mindset to get our customers to tell the story is really the key to the future. You mentioned, you know, user-generated content earlier. One of the centerpiece ideas of my marketing uh, my marketing rebellion book is research that was done over 10 years by McKinsey which showed that two-thirds of our marketing is occurring without us. It's not us at all. It's what people say to each other, what they're posting on social media, what you know the reviews that they're leaving, the testimonies that they're leaving, even influencers who are really just friends that we trust. And I think that number is low because that research was concluded in 2019 before the pandemic. I think that that two-thirds number is even higher today. And so if people aren't seeing our marketing, hearing our marketing, believing our marketing, but we believe each other, then the challenge and the new mindset is how do we earn our way into that two-thirds because we can't buy our way in anymore. It's hard work. Interesting point, right? We can't buy our way. Uh, we have to kind of develop the trust. How does that work out for, let's say, a newer brand or a smaller brand that's just starting post-pandemic, right? If you were to start a consumer brand afresh, for example, what would be your strategy in this world of 
you know, more trust, more community driven content and less marketing spent? Well, there's really two paths I think you need to go. First is you need to do the hard work of building trust and building a community yourself. And that usually comes from being present and creating content very consistently, something that's unmissable, something that is worthy of people's time. So, and that takes, it takes time to do that. Now, a lot of small businesses don't have that kind of time, right? So another option is to maybe connect with, with influencers who already have an audience. And if their audience could also be your audience or your customers, then that's a shortcut, right? Can we get a, a, an influencer to sort of talk about what we're doing and, and sponsor our work? And then, you know, there still is a place for advertising. You know, there, there is a place for Facebook advertising. There is a place for Google ads, you know, as a short-term solution to, to increase awareness and, and boost sales. I mean, certainly that's always an option, but, you know, but long-term for most businesses, you want to become known and you want to earn that trust. And if you're known and your competitors aren't, well, then you're going to win. Sure. So newer brands will have to put in efforts either to kind of create their own community or go with influencers and maybe in short term, kind of put some money in Facebook or Google ads. That might be a good way to start. Wonderful. Tell me more about your thoughts on the new channels. Is TikTok really eating Instagram's lunch? Is TikTok the way to go? Is short videos the new content hack? I think TikTok is profound. I think it's very, it's significant. It's probably the most significant development in social media since, since Facebook. The adoption of the platform has been breathtaking the create the creativity the the creation the engagement on the platform is just amazing and i think what a lot of people overlook is that in many ways tiktok has sort of reinvented content marketing you know on every other social media platform you go viral if people like you on tiktok you go viral if you're absurd <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not really up to you. It's up to this algorithm, right? I mean, TikTok elevates the absurd and the obscure. And that is very different. Their recommendation algorithm is the best. And I think what a lot of people overlook is the important cultural impact that TikTok is having on making taste around fashion and food and music. And it's also become an important educational resource. I mean, there are deep layers on TikTok. I have a friend who's a young woman. Uh, she's like 22 years old. She's creating really brilliant videos about marketing. She's teaching people about marketing. I have a friend whose 14-year-old son is learning about investing on TikTok and how to create an investment portfolio. So... I mean, for you and me, we might just go on there and see people, you know, dancing, which is fun, but it's deeper than that. It's more significant than that. You have to really look at what's happening and it is a step change in social media. 
The Art of Social Media is brought to you by Social Pilot. To find out more about Social Pilot and how we can give you everything you need to hit your social media marketing goals, visit socialpilot.co. And then make sure to search for The Art of Social Media in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click follow so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Social Pilot, thanks for listening.